We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to another episode of Outside the Trenches. I'm BJ Kissel, joined by my guys every week, Tucker Franklin, our fearless podcast producer at KC Sports Network, and also Nick Leckie, former K-State All-American and Super Bowl champion, six-year NFL veteran, that guy right there with the giant Texas flag in the background. Guys, uh, we should say real quick, this show is sponsored by our good friends uh, up at Holiday Distillery and their product, Five Farms Irish Cream. If you like hot chocolate or... Uh, coffee, it works great in both as we get into the fall. It's a little chillier, guys. Uh, the weather turned about 30 degrees over the last 24 hours. So uh, you know how much I uh, love a little five farms. I might just get a giant straw and put that in this. But I uh, appreciate everybody up at Holiday Distillery and their product, Five Farms. Uh, one of my favorites that they got up there. Tucker, how are we doing today? Doing good. Uh, we're nearing another game day. Uh, we're starting to get into that game week routine. Um, it is was a little weird. I know we talked about this a little bit. It was a little weird going from a, a Sunday game immediately to a Thursday game. Uh, that didn't really help us get into a routine, but we're starting to get into that routine again. I'm super excited for this upcoming game and, and game week and everything we got going on. And just trying to get out all of the best content that we got here at KC Sports Network for you. I'm, I'm I'm working. I'm I'm getting it up there for you. Shocker that the guys, the guy producing 25 shows a week, would like a normal schedule uh, to get on a normal, a normal uh, situation uh, that we've been planning for the last few months. So, Nick, you've been out of town. How does yeah. it feel to be back? It feels great. It feels really good. I'm I'm excited. I had a whirlwind 10 days, so it feels really good just to be back home and just to exist here in Kansas City. And I really like that. And and to come back home, it was or I left. It was hot. And I came back, and it's a uh, Five Farms Irish Cream Liquor Season, S-Z-N, yes, Season. It's not Pumpkin Spice. It's Five Farms Irish Cream Liquor Season. I'm but sure if you in, put them 
if you put them together, that would be a great uh, marketing plan for them. Oh, yeah. pumpkin spice find its finds its way into everything. It's like yeah. cranberries. Well, that's like it. five farms can find its way into everything. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about the Thursday game that the Chiefs had. Although that seems like it was a very very long time ago, uh, we've done plenty of content on that. But we'll get our thoughts here, as we know. Anybody who's listening to this knows outside the trenches and what we do here is a little bit different. The other shows on the network, uh, Nick. <sighs> pushed for a year and a half and now the entire show is blind nil so each one of us brings a segment to the show that the other two do not know what it is although tucker uh starting to give his away with the titling of these shows so tucker we'll have you go first uh to kind of get the spoils um out of the way but uh what do you have for us for the first segment in today's show well the only way i can make a title for the show is if i use my own my own title because i don't know what you guys are are bringing so um as you guessed, week two, you know, we like to make sweeping judgments after every single game. Don't uh, say we, we. We, as in the the, the general public, uh, like to make sweeping judgments. Um, so I think some sometimes players can get written off, especially in terms of fantasy value. Um, I saw a comment already. Well, we got a comment up from, from Zach asking, you know, I want a reason to take Juju off my fantasy bench, but if I do, he won't break out. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is it's very true. Uh, I want to know who you guys think is primed for a week three breakout game. It can be any position, any player, probably sans Patrick Mahomes, but um, I'll let you choose any player. Nick, any you can go player. first because I think you're going to talk about Joey Fortson, but go ahead. Any... <laughs> see, see, now I don't got to hype him up, BJ, because you already, you already that, that train's already sent. You know, it was it was, it was a good one. Um, if are we talking like like a PPR league or are we talking like a, no I'm kidding don't answer that question I have no clue what that means um, no I'm thinking honestly do do special team scores count no damn it yeah oh, they do I, I was just joking as we I can make whatever rules we okay. want Nick go ahead and answer the question however you feel I'm thinking Sky Moore is going to get a punt return TD Ooh. and like and and a TD he's going to be like offensive player of the week because he's going to have or a special teams he's going to have like a, a special teams touchdown. And he's going to a wide receiver touchdown. So I don't know if that's a fantasy, whatever, but he's going to get the, the duo. He's going to get the – and he's going to keep that ball. Would that be his first one, right? That would be his first yeah. yep. first TD. It's going to happen. Maybe a breakout. He hadn't had a whole lot of time out on the mm-hmm. field. So No, far. no, he hasn't. He really hasn't. And special teams haven't really been doing much uh, right now. I and mean, they haven't had to. But, um, right. you know, I think they're, they're prime for it. You know, last week they had the pick six. You know, defense supporting the team how they can. And then this week, I think Dave Tope's got them boys right. Uh, and I think a, a beleaguered indie team is going to give them a run for the money, but special teams will be the difference. I mean, if anybody has followed anything on social media or me talking about fantasy football, I'm the last person in the world to give fantasy football advice for anything, whether it's a daily fantasy league, my personal you know, fantasy league with my buddies, I'm in dead last in like everything. Uh, so not, not a strong start for me there, but uh, Zach, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I think Juju is primed uh, for this to be kind of a breakout um, game for him against Indianapolis. This is not the chargers defense, not even the Cardinals defense. Um, they have some guys on that side of the ball. Chris Ballard, 
you know, the general manager for the Colts that we know pretty well, he is always going to put an emphasis on both sides of the ball in the, in the trenches. Um, that's what he's about. Uh, but I do feel like there's an opportunity for Juju to kind of flash. I think that was kind of always going to be what his season was going to be, uh, was, you know, consistent, maybe some high leverage third down catches and every once in a while kind of pop off with some big games. And I think this could be a game that uh, he'll pop off a little bit. The offensive line, they're not going up against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Although if DeForest Buckner plays in this game, he is one of the best defensive tackles in the in the entire AFC, uh, but every team you play is going to have a dude. And so if there's a, a game that I would put, you know, Juju and mainly, mainly cause I think Patrick Mahomes is going to go off in this game. I think he's gonna have a big game and somebody's going to be the recipient of that. Travis Kelsey is an easy one to say. I think the Colts know that the secret's out uh, with the best tight end to ever play. They're going to try to take that dude away. Some of the other intermediate stuff across the middle, I can see Juju having a big game. I like that. I like the wide receiver room just as in general as because as Patrick Mahomes said at the very beginning of the season, he was talking about, you know, fantasy guys. This isn't a really a room you want to draft out of because you, uh, every guy is going to have a different game. It's going to be a, a different guy every single week. Uh, Sky Moore had two snaps, I believe, on offense last week against the Chargers. Um, and Eric Bieniemy said he guarantees that that will not happen again. So I guess if he gets three snaps this week, he won't be a liar. Um, so, uh, <laughs> or if he gets one snap, or if, or if he gets one, it won't be uh, the two snaps exactly. But I do like a lot of the guys in, in the uh, the wide receiver room. But what I'm kind of looking at too is I'm looking at this injury report. Mike Dana not practicing again with another cat with his calf injury. I want to see someone step up and have a breakout game on that defensive line. It's going to be George Karloftis, I feel like. I think George Karloftis is going to get some more snaps here. He's going to have a little bit more of a breakout game. An Indianapolis offensive line that has kind of struggled this year. Bernard Raymond, for them, their tackle, has been on the, uh, has been on the injury report as well. So there, there's, been some, can, there's been some gelling issues. Now the Jaguars' front seven, I think, is pretty nasty. I think that there's some good guys up there. But she's got a pretty good front seven as well, even with, you know, Darius Harris stepping in there for in the linebacker role. Whoever steps up in that linebacker role for Willie Gay in these next four games, they still got a pretty solid front seven, I think. Um, so I really want, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, what what George can do uh, in this game. And, and BJ, I believe that, uh, did you did you happen to place a, a bet maybe on George Karloftis? <laughs> I did place a bet on George Karloftis and on DraftKings. Uh, I've talked a lot about George Karloftis and that yeah. granted he is tied for, I believe the rookie lead with nine pressures mm -hmm. through two games. He has affected the quarterback, but not yet brought down a quarterback. I think Matt Ryan was sacked either four or five times uh, last week and was under duress for a huge chunk of that game. And he is pretty much a statue at this point in his career. Yeah. He doesn't move real well. He's not Kyler Murray, uh, not Justin Herbert breaking news there. And so uh, this could be an opportunity for Karloftis to get home, get his first career sack, uh, which would be great. He needs to pick up the pace a little bit. Um, he's going to set the rookie franchise record for sacks, which I still <laughs> believe is going to have, it only takes, you know, a two or three sack game yeah. uh, for him to get going. Uh, but Justin Herbert's getting rid of the ball so quickly. Kyler Murray, is a unique challenge in and of itself with him right there. But uh, yes, I did place a bet for George Karloftis to win the, the defensive rookie of the year uh, with our friends at DraftKings. And, you know, while we're talking about that, here's a quick word from our friends at DraftKings. 
The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, Tucker, I know that uh, you have had some luck in the DraftKings KCSN Weekly Fantasy League, uh, which is separate from the read that we just did there. A lot of fun. I think there's about 50 spots available. It's 100 this week. I uh, got about half that signed up right now. So if you're out there and you like daily fantasy, it's $5 to enter the weekly contest. It's games that I just believe are noon and the three o'clock games on Sundays yep. are the only ones you can um, uh, draft players from, but you get a certain amount of money. Uh, you buy the players up. And then if you get the most, you get paid. I think winter takes a hundred bucks. You've already won some money. Uh, I've lost everything that I put into it. <laughs> it's just no, a big good. Hit. Daily fantasy is so much better i think than just regular fantasy sports because there's no commitment and i know that that's all we the, the commitment issues are big in this generation yeah 46 <laughs> out of 100 is what i was looking at uh here um to 500 in total prizes offered here at, at the uh at the uh, entry five dollar entry you could win uh 500 in total prizes so i mean that's a pretty good bargain if you ask me all right so for players that are primed to break out we got George Karloftis, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Sky Moore. That's yes. what we've got for our breakout players. Nick, did you have another point before we move on to yeah, your absolutely. Nail segment? Absolutely, I did. Uh, I think that the George Karloftis is a big thing because you know what this game is also for George? It's a homecoming because guess who's from hour and a half north nope. and to the west in Lafayette, Indiana? George Karloftis. So he's going to be, you know, taking the fellas out to some of his best steakhouses, maybe taking the local Greek restaurant that he's a big fan of, you know, and, uh, you know, sh show him a good gyro, um, you know, or some tabbouleh, uh, you know, just get some good food for the game. It's going to be the energy they need. He's going to be juiced. Prime Back 47. Home. Back Prime home. 47 is a spot in Indy. Anyone who's ever been to the scouting combine knows about uh, St. Elmo's and get that, uh, that shrimp cocktail. And you know about Prime 47 and going and buying, uh, you know, $80 steak. That's mm. perfect. That sounds delicious. It does. All right. My blind nail. What? Wait, hold on. Wow. My blind nail is actually football. Jeez. Did not get the designation tag. Oh, my goodness. Wow. But your boy is concerned. I am very concerned. And as a former offense lineman, I'm concerned about this run game. I'm concerned about not being able to convert. Second and two uh, in the first half. And then also in the third quarter, third period, first and goal from the three. Yep. And you get a field goal. What's your level of concern? What's your level of concern with these two specific instances where you got short yard situations and, you know, you got goal line um, not being able to convert? 
I only have confidence in that fullback little dive play that they run on fourth and short or third and short all the time. It's the only play that really seems to work. Other than that, it's a lot of creativity and the goal line, you know, they're going to do that little shovel pass to Kelsey. Uh, they run work. all the time. It did not work. Um, I think we've shown it so much at this point that it's not going to work, but you know, this is a narrative and a conversation that we've had since in the 10 years that Andy Reid has been in Kansas city about running in short yardage. Although now, you know, we've talked about this before. I feel like they have the dudes up front who can move bodies. I think they're better equipped um, with the power running game to get those third and fourth and shorts. But to your point, didn't execute, um, you know, so far through two games. Although you know, I still think that that group up front has the ability to do it. Those, you know, back in the years of like Mitch Morse and Mitch Morse, super athletic, Laurent Duver Duvernay Tardif, super athletic, not necessarily a mall you and physically just move you out of the way. Like Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, like we've seen those guys do to get, get after it up front. But um, I would say that it's it's really high um, as far as like my worry at this point, because I feel like at least physically we have the guys who can physically do it, uh, which is a bigger step than I would say, you know, five years ago where it wasn't executing. And I wasn't quite sure that that was the skill set of the guys that we had up there. It was more about screen game, getting them out in space and running around and doing a lot of the things to show off their athleticism. Tucker, what do you think? I always think in the red zone, we, uh, especially the last few years, have seen Andy Reid get a little too cute in the red zone. Uh, the shovel pass was one of those situations where, you know, that's something that uh, you've seen them do a whole lot on the goal line, and it's one of those things that's becoming expected now. Um, I know Patrick Mahomes even talked about earlier this week about trying to lobby for quarterback sneaks again because he, he wants to do quarterback sneaks again to punch in those short yardage things. Not going to happen. Um, Andy Reid's not going to let that happen. He, he said it might happen in a playoff game. I even doubt it happens in a playoff game uh, just because of that. But I don't know if I'm necessarily uh, too worried about it. I think... I, Nick, I'm trying to remember the play that you were talking about. Was it the one with Pacheco? Because it looked like that one might have been a little misread by Pacheco because there was yeah. a little bit of an opening. Um, and there were a couple of times where they did get the holes open, but it wasn't read correctly by the backs. I don't think I'm necessarily worried about it either because if you talk about uh, some of those guys that they have up front too against the Chargers, um, now you talk about Bosa and Mac, those are two really good pass rushers, but the guys I had in the middle were really big run stuffers as well. So they had a really good yin to their yang um, on that on that defensive line. So uh, I think I think it'll be okay. Um, I think it'll be good. I, I'm not my concern level is very low. I'm not smashing any panic button by any means. The, the <laughs> well, Tucker, you were there in the post game in the first the first quarter, the first drive of the game when they were driving down and they got cute with the third down, or I think it was a stretch play to McColl. They tried to run yeah. some speed to the mm -hmm. outside and Kent went on a little mini rant. <laughs> the first He's drive of the game. He was not happy about that play call, which was a sign of things to come where I was like, listen, like we're early. Let's not uh, talk about that now. But yeah, that, that was frustrating. But again, every time they're in third or fourth and short and they run that little fullback, um, where the quarterback opens up and spins, it seems to work every single time. So I would yeah. just run that play every single time. Yeah, you know, but at the same time, though, like I, I'm, I'm a bit concerned because I saw San Diego or San Diego, the Chargers have some success with with zone schemes, and then uh, which I think is something that Chiefs need to adopt from Mahomes because I like the bootleg. I mean, because you can mm -hmm. do so much off off the the bootleg, it slows up defensive ends, and you could you know you could build like a little mini package around that and. Uh, this line would do great on some bootlegs and outside zones. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. You know, we, it'd be really good. 
talked about that with Brett Coleman earlier this week when I had him on. He was talking about the outside zone and looking at some of those in-depth stats from Pro Football Focus and that the Chiefs, I believe, are averaging over nine yards a carry on outside zone. And like I think it was like seven yards a carry on counter. But then on inside zone, they're averaging like three yards. Okay, like they're really struggling on the inside zone. But when they get outside, maybe it's just because that's Clyde's about, the one cut, get up field. Um, they've had success with that and they've obviously the, the sample size is pretty small. So you bust like a 52 yard run in outside zone. <laughs> uh, you've only run nine of very them. Small. Uh, that's really going to skew those, those numbers. But yeah. Um, yeah. I level of concern, not overly high right now. Cause again, you put us late in the game in the fourth quarter and they have to pick up a half a yard for a first down and the, I, and they call a play and we know they're going to run behind Creed and Trey Humphrey. I'm more confident still now even with a short sample size, because those guys physically have the ability to move bodies than I would have, you know, say five years ago, where I don't know if they physically are able to do that consistently when the other team knows you're running the football. Again, they're going to call an RPO and Patrick Mahomes is going to throw it anyway. But it's not, but to me, that's not, that's not the case. Cause to me, it's not, it's not necessarily the O-line. The O-line is built for it. That don't make a difference. Is, no. is the play going to get called? That that's the thing to no. me. It's like, you know, they want to, they want to try to pass on from the second and goal from the two. And it's like, man, this is Pete Carroll juju all over it. You know, it's <laughs> like, come on, man, let's, let's run the ball. It's, it's, you know, first half of Cincinnati, right? Yeah. It's like, what, what are you doing? Like, let's just physically run it, man. Get out of there. Yeah. And if you can yeah. do something cute, put Chris Jones in there, you know, yeah, right? exactly. Put some beef in there, put Colin Saunders and Chris Jones in the backfield oh, and just get after it. That'd be that would, really good. That We're outside zone with Colin Saunders. No oh CB, CBs would be like, no, I'm good. I don't want it. You got it. You got that's it. A business like, decision. That's a major business decision. Exactly. I cover passes, not not set the edge versus Colin Saunders or, or Chris Jones. That's for damn sure. I'm con- would- I'm concerned, but I'm concerned about the coaching and, and the ability to call those plays and stick with it. I think that's fair, and I think that's a discussion that we've had uh, really a lot, especially with with Andy Reid when it comes to the running game, and and I, it does. Uh, last year we got a little concerned about his play calling in the red zone, mm-hmm. which I mean I think, I, I I think the, maybe the the concern was warranted at that point. The only thing I've been concerned about was just the overuse of the shovel pass. You're now seeing like other teams use it. I think Russell Wilson and the Broncos ran it. It didn't work well for them either because they can't do anything within the five yard line. Their offense yeah. just becomes just total, totally stagnant. But um, yeah, you put big guys back there. You're going to notice like you're going to, you're going to pay attention to those big guys back there when you get on the goal line. And and uh, well, you know what I've been noticing is these strange tall boys located in the bottled water section. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Uh, I've been noticing, uh, you know, ones that look like this. Um, and, and you might be wondering, why is it in there? I'm cracking it open live on the air. This is the severed lime liquid death. You know, why is it called liquid death? Well, because it'll brutally murder your thirst. It says it right there on your on the can. And their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are hoping and helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. It's phenomenal. It's great stuff. I love it. I'll drink it right now. <sighs> They've got four flavors. A regular still water. They have, uh, which is what BJ's drinking, they have a regular carbonated water. And then they have uh, severed lime, which I'm drinking. I've got the mango chainsaw right here on my desk. 
I've got the berry it all, uh, berry wow. it alive. Is actually, I've got those three flavors for liquid death. Um, it's really good. I enjoy it. You can get it at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or High V. I get it at the High V right by my house. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. Enjoy. I would drink one, but I don't have any of it. I had to find it on my own at the grocery store. You are so upset about this. I am. So I'll I'm bring salty. you a- I need to murder my thirst. I've got a bunch. All right. I guess it's- I bet you ice cold one of those would be great for a hangover too. Mm. That's cool. yeah, it does. Yeah. Never had a tall boy water like this. So it's taken some getting used to of drinking something that should be a beer or the same size as the bangs. Uh, <laughs> uh, and have, have it just be like lovely tasting water. A natural but, progression would be energy drink. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. move on to the final segment, which is mine. And uh, it's a little bit football related, getting out there a little bit, not necessarily connecting to the game on Sunday, uh, but we come up with, you know, strange questions or strange, would you rather type situations? And, you know, here's one for you guys. If you could take any play in NFL history, and I'll tell you where this is coming from. I saw an ad for the quantum quantum leap. Uh, they're bringing that show back and they go back in history and all these like famous things and change them. If you could go back in history and alter one play from an NFL game to give it a different result, not knowing exactly how it was going to play out, but you could change the result of one play in NFL history, which one would it be? And for Nick, it could be interesting for you because it doesn't really have to be Chiefs related. It could be when you were playing. Um, What's the play that you would change? If you guys want a second to think about it, I can go first before someone steals mine. <laughs> I feel bad because I like the guy who I'm going to mention, but oh, I wow. am, have all the confidence in the world that Patrick Mahomes would have two Super Bowls if D Ford wasn't lined up offside. Oh wow, that's what you and that hurts to. because I personally like D Ford. He was awesome and Bourbon for president right on there with me uh, here in the oh, chat. Yeah. Bring that up, Tucker, just so people know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, watching on YouTube and, it, and again, if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe to this video. We have all kinds of content uh, here in about 45 minutes. If you're watching this live, we'll have the Derek Johnson, uh, Mike DeVito, and Craig Stout defensive breakdown. Uh, they're going to talk through five different plays from the Chiefs game against the Chargers. You get to hear DJ talking a little Willie Gay, a little Nick Bolton, break that down. And then obviously uh, yesterday, the Matt Castle uh, and Matt Hamilton breakdown came out talking about the Chiefs offense. Really unique, cool stuff that we're doing at KC Sports Network. I know we have a lot of content, a lot of different podcasts that come out, but YouTube specific, those play breakdowns are something you can't find anywhere, uh, anything like that anywhere else. Um, on these entities that are covering the chiefs. So really cool stuff there, but yeah, guys, if, if I could go back and change one play, the D Ford's offsides, I hate that that's how he's remembered in Kansas city, a guy who played through a lot of injuries, gave it everything he had and his body just kind of gave up on him. Um, glad he got paid by the 49ers and he got some money in his pocket. Uh, but if you could take back that play, there's no doubt in my mind that the chiefs wouldn't have gone on to that super bowl and, and won that game. And then we'd be talking about Patrick Mahomes having twice as many super bowls as Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's something else too. You know, um, yeah, there's so much on that one. There really is. I, I love, by the way, uh, that Derek Johnson breaking down really gay. I learned so much when I watch that. That's such a great quick hitter that I want to do. I, I want I want to sub uh, for one of those on a center play or a guard play. 
you know, I think that'd be that'd be really good. Talk about both guards on play. So I, I want him, and that's a cool little quick hitter. It was like two and a mm-hmm. half minutes, and I learned so much about the linebacking position and and having the the confidence not to if you have a, a free a free run at the quarterback, not taking it. You know, because guess mm-hmm. what? You know, you're, you're stringing out. You know, Bolton. You know, getting out to coverage. So there's mm-hmm. a lot that goes on the defenses that I just thought they just ran into things and smashed it, whatever. <laughs> All right, Nick. <laughs> Nick, let's go um, back. What's, what's am, the one I play am, that you change? I am changing. I am changing history. I I am going back to one play that you could put your finger on one play and be like, guess what? This whole thing was was a house built on sand, a house of cards, and I'm doing Tuck Rule Brady, where mm-hmm. it's Ooh. just a sack, just a sack without the fumble. Like that's what I'm trying to change. Where where they is? I don't know. Romanowski did he do the sack or did he do the fumble pickup? But I'm doing that play where that where he grabs him, I, he he grabs him, and sacks him or grabs it and it's a fumble. But I'm I'm thinking that that they they change it to to a fumble instead of the tuck rule or whatever. And mm-hmm. guess what? Like Oakland goes and not Las Vegas. Oakland goes on to you know maybe their Super Bowl outlook changes and stuff like that. And then maybe you know um, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I know it's sacrilegious to say that, yeah. but yeah, it is. Because <laughs> as a diehard Chiefs, <laughs> yeah. as a diehard Chiefs fan, I'm completely cool with the way that played out. <laughs> Love it. I'm the area kicking forty yards anti New England in the snow. Love it. It's more anti. It's more anti. Um, what's it called? Um, New England is what that is. And Tom Brady, you know. Yeah. What would have happened? The dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. What would have happened? What would have happened? Yeah. Between that. And yeah, the other one was the Derek Johnson Ford progress, the worst call. In the oh play. goodness gracious! I think Jeff Mariota. Triplett literally like ran out of the stadium and retired. He retired. He he legitimately retired. That was his last call. Yeah, last game. God, that was the best. That was a great sack too. Sack fumble. Great sack. How do you call Ford progress when a guy gets like Goldberg Goldberg speared into the ground? I don't understand it. It that game was all kinds of messed up. The, well, you know, you weren't winning that game when they bat the ball down back into his hands and he makes a touchdown. Yeah, like we that's, that from the, the football game. gods are against before you, that. you know, from before that. I was like, that's, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't your game. The Chiefs exercised those demons against they the did. in the playoffs. It was the first playoff win they had in 25 years. Nobody talks about the fact that the Chiefs have the record for the most consecutive playoff losses in NFL history. <laughs> And then we got Patrick Mahomes. No one has it worse than Buffalo. No one has it worse than Buffalo. Nobody. That's true. In the 90s, four straight Super Bowl L's. Tough. It's difficult. There's a couple uh, in the comments here from Brian Gales and Morton missed a field goal 2011 playoff game against the Colts. Uh, DT missed sack on Dave Krug to give him the eighth sack. Uh, for me. Drop in the pass. For for me, when I uh, when you immediately thought of it, I thought about uh, Eric Fisher when he I believe he tore his Achilles uh, going in. It was the AFC yeah. Championship game. The game was I think already out of hand when that happened. Um, yeah, and then they went into the Super Bowl with against Tom Brady with an absolutely battered offensive line. They couldn't. It was it was tough going into it. I think they said Eric Fisher would have been a little bit easier to handle, but man, that Buccaneers de- defensive line was nasty. It was monsters. You'd be happy to know I actually ran into Eric Fisher. Uh, he came out to watch a uh, flag football game uh, last weekend um, because 
Anthony Sherman uh, and Jordan Devy are the two coaches of my son's <laughs> football game. And I saw a six foot seven, 300 pound dude walking around. He kind of stands out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so saw fish went down and talked to him and I told him uh, about our show and about that. We had a segment saying, if you could, you know, bring back anybody to, you know, in chief's history to this roster, who would it be? And I was like, I picked you because offensive line, I'm not happy. Somebody gets hurt. We're going to struggle. <laughs> he just gave me a fist pump. And he's like, I knew I liked you. So because <laughs> he hates all media. So <laughs> yeah, uh, that's uh, Nick. I believe that they had a tuck rule 30 for 30 and I watched it and they kind of divulged into that. What if this didn't happen on both ends of the, of the side and kind of yeah. theorized um, on it. Uh, it's it's a good one. I can't remember who who was the sack guy. They sat down together and they watched the film. And Brady was like, "You know what? That might have been a fumble." Um, but it yeah, might have it been a fumble. It might stuff. have been. I think it was. Tom Brady's done a very good job of creating content around that. Uh, since that's happened, he he plays it very well. As much as yeah. I don't want to like him and everything, like he's very good. You can't uh, how it. he handles all of this stuff. He really does. He really, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's really amazing. There's a lot too. I would also do the, uh, um, the, the saints guy when he missed, uh, Stefan Diggs, um, uh, in overtime in playoffs too. And also saints to the, the pass interference, miss pass interference from St. Or in LA. That's right. Yeah. No one's brought it up in the, the, I was really young when it happened, but Nick Lowry missing the, I think it was like a 54 yard field goal, 52 yard field goal against the Miami dolphins. Um, back in the day in a big uh, game. That was another one because it was the only time I ever saw my dad get mad. The only time in my life I remember my dad getting really mad. He threw a pillow across a pillow. Uh, he threw a pillow across the room and started screaming like profanity. I'd never seen it before. And I was like, man, this is, I guess I got to do this. Oh, <laughs> this, is, hey, this is what it means. And, and man, you know what, dude, for, for my, uh, for my case daters, the Michael Bishop fumble in the fourth quarter versus AM in 98 in the championship game because they could have won it. We would have got that first down and ran out the clock, and that's a run. And K State goes on with a natty in 1998. My first time I ever met Dante Hall was at Will Shields. Tucker, you've heard this story before. Met Dante Hall at Will Shields' uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame party in Canton. It's about 3 30 in the morning. I was talking to uh, Priest Holmes, met him. It was like all the guys I grew up watching. It was just like, oh my God. Uh, I was like seven rum and cokes deep having these conversations with everybody that I grew up watching. Uh, Willie Rofe was in there. It was just like, this is amazing. And then Dante Hall came over, introduced himself, asked me why I went to school, said K-State. And then I think he immediately assumed yeah. that I grew up a K-State fan, which I didn't. But in 1998, he brought immediately brought up that game. And he goes, you guys were in the stands, like cheering Natty and all this crap. And we just kicked the crap out of you. And I was like, that kidding. would hurt, and you would be a jerk if I would have been rooting for K-State at that time. So anytime that Texas A&M K-State game from 98 is brought up, I think about Dante Hall talking trash to me about it um, <laughs> at 3.30 in the morning within like 30 seconds of meeting him for the first time. That seems about – I played with Dante in St. Louis. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wasn't too shy, was he? What's that? Wasn't too shy, was he? No, he was. He was a funny guy. He loved his girl. That's for damn sure. I – I think every Chiefs fan at some point has gone into the YouTube rabbit hole of watching highlights of Dante Hall, and it really is just different. <laughs> like it it's is. watching it's him and Barry Sanders are the two guys that with the way they would move. It's just like I could watch highlights of those guys all day long. Tyreek Hill moves like him, where you go backwards to go forwards. Oh, yeah. that, that's a that's a Dante Hall move. It yeah. really is. It is. He's just pure speed. 
Like it's just, it's all great, but we appreciate everybody for watching on uh, YouTube or whether you're listening to the podcast afterwards, we appreciate all of your support as we uh, let's talk a little projections or um, uh, predictions and projections uh, for what we think is going to go on on Sunday. Nick, what do you uh, see happening on Sunday between the chiefs and Colts? Man, I, I honestly think that the, the Colts and Matt Ryan, and Jonathan Taylor, uh, they might go off. I, I think this could be as weird as that sounds. I know they got blanked anytime a team gets blanked, you know, a couple of weeks ago or whenever that was what, what they do. They tie, then got blanked or was it blank or tie then blank? Tie then blank. Oh, <laughs> Listen, there's some pissed off human beings over there. So um, I think they're looking to take out some aggression this week. So I think it's if, if you're this, what's the what's the over under? I'd take the over. Because I think and Indi- a half. Indianapolis will, will put up some points this week, especially, you know, they're going to try and run the ball with Willie Gay, the run stopping linebacker not being there. And Jonathan Taylor is is their, their workhorse. And then, you know, Matt Ryan will be able to slide in uh, beneath that. So. I'm thinking it'll be 31 to 41 in favor of uh, the boys in white and red. There's been yes. some movement on the line and the over-under. It's at 50.5 now for the over-under, and the line is now at 5.5 in favor for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it started at 3.5 and, and then got up to 7, and now it's back to 5? Wow. It's it's projected that Michael Pittman will play. Alec Pierce will play. Um, those were two guys that did not play for them against the uh, Jaguars, which were two pretty big pieces of their offense. Uh, Shaq Leonard is projected to play. So is Zaire Franklin. Um, another big piece, Grover Stewart, I believe is his last name. I just know his first name. Just call him by Grover. Uh, he, dude's a stud. Uh, he'll be he'll be active and playing as well as anticipated. So they're getting a lot of guys back off of the uh, the injury report and and that could make this game a little bit closer nick as you mentioned man we've talked about this a lot on kc sports network on kcsn update you don't really want to mess with a team that's been backed into a corner like the way that they have or uh, been embarrassed as they have so it's a little worrisome i think um and this could be potentially a trap game i know i've seen a lot of people throw that that term out there i don't really necessarily well, in the NFL, it's every team's a good team, so it doesn't feel like there should be a trap game. But this could could be a trap game. I can't remember who the uh, Chiefs have next week. So if anyone remembers that, that would be Sunday at noon. Also, is a trap game, by the way. Sunday the noon. Bucks. Sunday yeah. noon is a trap game. Sunday noon is a total trap game. I promise. Sunday you. noon after ten days of rest. I believe I saw a tweet. Um, I think it was from Matt Derrick. That was about uh, the Chiefs after a mini buy. I believe Andy Reid is only five and five after a mini yeah. buy. Um, so, which is which was very shocking to me when I saw that because of how good Andy Reid is after a regular mm-hmm. bye week. Um, so, Chiefs do play the Buccaneers uh, after this week. Uh, so, yeah, that's mm. that's uh, this is looking like it could be a trap game. It, it has all the makings for it. He's just not buying it. He is not, not buying it. He not. is not buying it at all. Listen, I could get really fired up and I could have all the motivation in the world. And if I step out on the field against a team that's significantly better than me and has all the things going for it to not drop games like this with the schedule they have, I don't think this game is going to be close. I think those natural thoughts of trap game they're overlooked this and that we saw the chiefs come out and struggle against the chargers because it's a freaking chargers defense they're not facing joey bosa cleo mack and you look at the 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 colts and their biggest problem is that their two best players are a middle linebacker and a guard yeah like that's a problem the and running back wasn't all pro though he's a stud yeah. 
Yeah, he's good, but, but you can't do much at a running back position. And it's not really going to matter when they can't stop the Chiefs and they're up 21 to three in the first quarter. So I don't think this game is going to be close. I think that there are a lot of times where there could be trap games and all this. They're early in the season. They have a little bit of a buy. They have some doubters still. And that Nick, we've talked about it all off season, all the chips and all the shit that's been said about them. I don't think this early in the season, they're going to forget that. And I think it will be reminded to them that they may drop a game to the bills. They may drop a game to the chargers on the road later in the season. So you can't lose games like playing the Colts. Uh, you come out, I understand they're going to be fired up. You talk about not you know, wanting to face embarrassed professional athletes, all that stuff. It doesn't matter when you're that much better. Chiefs go out and play a B-minus game, and they're still going to boat race the Colts. And I can say these things because I don't have to go and play. But we're significantly more talented than they are. Michael Pittman coming back is a problem. Uh, but again, Michael Pittman is not Mike Williams. So even though he's really good, it's not the same level of issues they're going to be facing. And they're facing a quarterback that is a complete statue. Um, and Matt Ryan, who I looked it up, was sacked five times last week. And so Carlos Dunlap, Mike Dana doesn't play in this game. It's a great opportunity for Carlos Dunlap to get after it, uh, make an impact. Oh, yeah. And this could be a big game for George Karloftis, who, Tucker, you mentioned earlier. Breakout game, some would say. It's a trap game. <laughs> No, I do think I do think that it very much has the makings of a trap game. Do I think it will be a trap game? I don't know. I do. I'm, Would we like to put a little wager on this one? Does anyone yes. think it's going to be within one possession? No, I don't think so. Yes. Do you think yes. it's going to be a one possession game? I think it's going to be. Um, it's going to be forty-one to. No, it's going to be forty-one to. What's eight? Can we do eight? Is eight a possession? Yeah. Or is it just seven? You can score eight points. The final score possession. within one possession. So if this Chiefs okay. score 41, eight. you're saying that they're going to score. You think the Colts are going to score 33 points? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think you're underestimating how well the Chargers ran the ball versus the Chiefs. Or I, I really do. I, I really do. The Chargers I think, really ran the ball well. But They have a threat of throwing the football down the field with a nice, good, young quarterback. Matt Ryan has not shown the ability to do that. And I was a big Matt Ryan fan. I thought the Colts were going to be significantly better because their defense had been so good over the last few years that the thing that holding them back was quarterback play. So you bring in a veteran quarterback, you get that figured out, you'll be a little bit better. This game is not going to be within two possessions. I don't think. I don't think it's going to be that close. Nick, if they score, if the Colts score more than 30 points, then we're let's figure out a wager. This is live, so we got to figure this out. Okay, figure out a wager. The Colts are not scoring more than 30 points. So that's the wager, right? The over under at 29 and a half. So if they, if they, if the, the team what total, the Colts score, right, right. Team total. Yeah. Oh, 29 and a half. Colts. We'll um, see that one. All right. Yeah. What do you want to bet? We'll, we'll figure out something. We'll give you, someone's got to wear something, something on this show. You have to wear something. So it could be like, like a something embarrassing, like a funny hat or like a, a woman's t-shirt. Uh, something or something like a tank top or yeah. I don't want to pick things that you would love to do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love to do those things. <laughs> Just playing. Have to, All right. We'll, we'll, figure, figure, out we'll, figure, out we'll figure this out. 29 and a half is the line. Okay, uh, the over and under. I am taking the under 29.5 um, and that's Colts. Colts team total 29 and a half. Team, let's do team total. I want some extra, extra teams. <laughs> it's going to be wearing something embarrassing. We'll just okay, do a yes. blanket statement like that. Yes, yes. deal. All sure. right. 
I, love I can it. get you the odds on that 29 and a half, by the way, if you want them real quick. I'm find that team Why total. Bet it, bet it on DraftKings. Can, can we do that? I'm, it's great. I'm they take a right prop now. bet like that. <laughs> they go, we'll take your money any which way, buddy. Whatever How much you want money to would be on my side? Wouldn't even oh, my God. Oh, my God. It'd be unreal. The odds would be through the roof. The Jacksonville and Jacksonville's good defense. They just skunked the Colts, and you're taking it 29 and a half. It's, All right. a divi- it's a divisional game. It's a divisional game, you know, so they're always, you know, it's and w- it was in Jacksonville, right? Yeah, this is the home yep. opener for the Colts. So yeah. So it was in Jacksonville. So that was um it's always hot down there. And a bunch of bunch of uh, fellas from Indianapolis going down the sticky, sticky Jacksonville up in the panhandle. Yeah. It's tough to play. They haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. Um that's a real stat, which is kind of insane when you start to think about how kind of good the Colts have been and how kind of bad the Jaguars have been. Jaguars uh, had a run. Remember, Jaguars had a run there on the Texans. So the Colts have scored twenty points in two games. Two divisional games, guys, back to back divisional games. Okay, so DraftKings has set the the Indianapolis Colts team total points. This is set by DraftKings at twenty two and a half. That's where they have set the take, line. Take that over. Take that <laughs> over. That's, that's easy over. money. That's easy money. That's like betting KU to win more than two and a half this year. That's easy money. Hey, do it. Do it. Hey, Tucker, do it right now. Ten bucks. Um, I'm trying to find the alt lines here. Uh, Once I do, I might tweet it out because I don't know how long we can keep these people here. Easy uh, money. BJ, that's easy money for you, buddy. Twenty nine and a half. That's easy money. It's true. You might say that on me, BJ. I'm startled by your lack of confidence in the Chiefs defense. Uh, listen, like I said, you got a team that's pissed off, right? And guess what? This would be the only time they offensive break out all year. Then they shut it down <laughs> like a hibernating bear for the rest of the season. They got blanked. They tied two divisional opponents, home opener. Uh, you're, you're leading, run stopping, you know, first and second down linebackers out. Also, you know, your veteran statesman is out. Um, you know, who's going to lead that defense uh, this week? You know, Nick, Nick Bolton. Bolton. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's he going to do? What's he going to do when he gets um, a, a mouthful of uh, Quentin Nelson, right? When when he's coming up in there. And it's like, there's a lot of things there that you're underestimating. What's up? I found it. Uh, so if you were to bet the over Indianapolis points uh-huh. for 29 and a half, that is at plus 300. What does that so mean? 100, I, that means $100 bet would win you $300. Okay. Um, means they know it's not going to happen. So it's a 30 to one odds is what it is for them to hit over 29 points. 30 to one odds, uh-huh. which is funny is that's what they're going to score and hit it. So 30 and it's going to be a garbage. It'll, it'll be a backdoor cover on a garbage, like a last like an 80 yard run. to cover. Listen, BJ, there's dude, how much money, how much money can we make on this? Who wants to empty their <laughs> 401k and bet this? The, the under, the under has better odds at 12 and a half under 12 and a half points minus 800, which means it's one to 80 odds that it will happen. They know they're going to light up the scoreboard. No, that means the opposite. <laughs> I have no clue what that means. <laughs> means. They know that the Colts are not great and they could be as pissed off as they want, but being pissed off and running out there without a lot of talent uh, is really going to matter if the chiefs, are locked in and ready to go. And to Tucker's point, George Karloft is just going to wreck house with, I'm sure, a lot of his friends and family in the stands um, growing up. And technically, he grew up a lot further east uh, mm-hmm. in, in Greece um, <laughs> until he was like, what, 14? 
On the U.S. Oh, yeah. side, the U.S. the Greece water polo team, the goalie. It's amazing. That sport's no joke, man. Every t- every year I watched in the Olympics, I'm like, I would die playing this. The underwater camera alone is, is looks like like prison pool. That's what it does. <laughs> I wish I was 88. I wish I was. <laughs> I am stone sober right now. All right, we're gonna make that the teaser. Uh, for this one out on social media, I'm just going <laughs> to get Nick's mentions all fired up and uh, give him for what week one, it was pro football focus uh, had the target on their back. And then the Willie Gates is mentioned. Everybody's been all up in arms about um, considering we don't know what happened. Uh, but anyway, appreciate everybody for tuning in to this episode of outside the trenches. Um We'll have plenty more content as we get ready for the game between the Chiefs and Colts on Sunday. As the Colts trying to get their first win of the season with their home opener, as the Chiefs move try to move to three and zero on the season. As uh, we have talked a lot about the tough schedule that they've got, and this is one of those games that uh, would not be one of those ones you would list as a really tough game on the Chiefs' schedule. So it makes it that much more important to not drop these games, as you know you've got Tampa Bay Raiders and the Buffalo Bills coming up, and the huge one that the NFL is circling as what could be um, an AFC championship preview. So appreciate everybody for watching. Make sure to like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure to follow, leave us a rating uh, and review. Please don't take Nick's um, over under bet uh, into consideration when dropping a review here, Um, but go on social media. Let them know what you think about it. We'll see you all next time for Nick, for Tucker. Thank you all for tuning into this episode. We'll see you next time. Yeah, don't do it if you hate locks. (laughs) Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.